It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is May 7th, 2019. My name is Philip Rostenreich. I'm the expert inside editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You, of course, find us on Twitter at, or find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we start our player evaluation series. We're going to go player by player. Every player who played for the Orlando Magic this year, we will discuss in some form or fashion. We'll do that also on orlandomagicdaily.com. But we'll talk about the major players and the storylines from the season as we assess and evaluate the 2019 season before looking ahead to the 2020 season. We've got time to kill, so we will uh, milk the season for all that it's worth before we uh, begin to turn our attention to the 2020 season. I'll map out what the Magic's offseason looks like uh, toward the end of this series as we get closer and closer to the draft. Of course, the NBA Draft Combine happening next week in Chicago, so we'll get some rumors there. We'll talk about those as they come up. Uh, don't have to worry about the NBA Draft Lottery this year. That is also next week, but um, I couldn't tell you anything about that because I don't care. The Magic aren't in the lottery this year. Um, but uh, but we'll, we'll get into some draft stuff as draft news starts to trickle in, as the Magic's draft strategy becomes a little bit more clear as we try and get some clues about what the Magic might do with the NBA draft. And, you know, I'll be doing my study as well of the uh, players that the Magic could draft. We'll also do player profiles as we get closer to the June 20th NBA draft. Still seems like a long, long way away. Still got time to go over every single player on the Magic. And, of course, then we'll talk about free agency, who the Magic might target, who the Magic should target, what the Magic should do with Nikola Vucevic. Lots and lots to talk to as we get going here in the offseason. But I do want to take the time to recap at least the important players. We'll we'll talk about some players that some people may not feel as important, including today. Uh, But I do want to talk a little bit about the seasons that that certain players had this year as we begin to move forward into the offseason. Of course, last week on the podcast, as well as on Orlando Magic Daily, we we did our What Went Right, What Went Wrong series, just breaking down Uh, five aspects on each side of the ledger. Some of them, I will fully admit, completely nitpicking. Because a lot went right for the Magic this year. Um, There's going to be a lot of positive grades. There's a good season for the Orlando Magic by almost any measure, uh, especially when you judge it to expectations. Uh, So, I do want to, uh, I do want to uh, um, um, uh, pimp that out there and say you can go back into the archives of Locked on Magic and listen to my thoughts on those as well as check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We'll be posting stuff as well on the Facebook page. This has been a really sort of organization podcast. You probably noticed that yesterday I didn't do a podcast. Uh, The plan is for now to still go mostly five days a week. There may be a day here or there over the next few weeks that I take off. When big events happen, I will be sure to have a podcast. Um, But we are in the off-season. I'm going to hit off-season mode a little bit, scale back just a tad 
Um, so there might be some days that there isn't a podcast. Don't be alarmed. Um, I, 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 will, I will give you this promise um, even throughout the offseason, uh, except for maybe in August and, uh, and some, some late July areas. Uh, there will not go two days without a podcast. So uh, if there is one day where I skip, that guarantees there is a podcast the next day, at least if it's on a weekday, I, I'm, I'm taking weekends off. Um, so that's the house cleaning for the Locked On Magic podcast right now as we fully hit off-season mode now. Um, the NBA playoffs in full swing, of course. The second round series uh, in the really meaty parts. I'm really excited for tonight's games, uh, Tuesday night's games, as the Toronto Raptors take on the Philadelphia 76ers in what has been a fantastic series, and the Denver Nuggets take on the Portland Trailblazers in what has been a fantastic series. Um, the, of course, the Milwaukee Bucks taking a 3-1 lead over the Boston Celtics, and the Golden State Warriors and Houston Rockets tied at two after the Rockets swept their two home games to even up their series. This has been a really fun and exciting playoffs, I have to say. Um, not just because the Magic were in it and, and, and the Magic had their brief little cameo in the postseason. Um, then we learned a lot, and we'll, again, continue to break that down and talk about that uh, as the weeks move on. Um, but if you do want to stay up to date on the NBA, you can ask me my opinion, of course, online. I'm happy to give it. I'm happy to talk about the NBA. I've you know, I thought P.J. Tucker was absolutely outstanding, uh, really kept that game alive for the Rockets. And, of course, just masterful play from James Harden and Kevin Durant. Chris Paul had a nice finish, too. Giannis Antetokounmpo has been incredible, and, and there's just been so many great playoff performances this year. It's impossible for me to get them all here on Lockdown Magic and talk about the Magic as well. So I would encourage you all, if you want to stay up to date on the playoffs, check out the other great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network. You've got uh, every team in the NBA has a Locked On podcast. So you can listen to Locked On Bucks to hear the gushing and glorious praise of Giannis Antetokounmpo, the likely league MVP. Um, you can talk. You can listen to Locked On Raptors and our good friend Sean Woodley to get the lowdown on the Raptors and make sure that the Magic look good, that Toronto advances far, and and you know they makes you say, man, Orlando lost to a really good team. They, they got a game. Woke them up. We we inspired them. You're welcome, Toronto. We inspired you to be this good. Um, you can check that out. Of course, Locked On Blazers, Locked On Nuggets going overtime all the time. Um, you know, 60-minute podcast. No, they're not doing that. But yeah, they probably could. Uh, if, Nikola, if Nikola Jokic can do it, so can Locked On Nuggets. I know Adam Morris does a great job covering the Nuggets. And of course, there's Locked On NBA and Locked On Fantasy Basketball too to get you through the NBA coverage from a national perspective. There's literally a Locked On NBA podcast to fit every need. If you care about the lottery that much, Locked on Knicks is still going strong. Locked on Bulls is still going strong. Locked on Cavs is, Cavaliers is still going strong. Locked on Suns is a fantastic podcast as well. There are so many great Locked on podcasts. I, I honestly wish I could listen to them all. I simply can't. There's not enough time in the day. So you find the team that you want to hear about. You download the podcast that day, and you will be up to date on that team and everything about them uh, from the very start, from every single day. It's the Locked on Podcast Network. The motto is your team every day. You hear it at the top of every show here, and it is true. Whether it's the NBA podcast I just mentioned, you can get NFL podcasts too with offseason training camps and rookie mini camps starting up, or baseball and colleges as well. The Lockdown Podcast Network has everything you want. To search on iTunes for Lockdown and the team you're looking for, or check out the Himalaya app. You can get podcasts obviously downloaded directly to your device, but also create playlists. So, you know, you want to roll from Locked On Suns to Locked On Knicks. Here we hear the battle for Zion Williamson go on. You can do that all on the Himalaya app. You can also get 
podcast suggested to you by the Himalaya app. The Himalaya app is the home of the Lockdown Podcast Network. You can check all that out by searching on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. House cleaning done. Let's talk some Orlando magic. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. At the beginning of the season, the consensus was clear. The consensus was was absolutely clear. The Orlando Magic did not address the point guard position. The Orlando Magic failed in a fundamental way, it seemed like, to improve their point guard spot. You go back to the end of last season, DJ Augustine had a great finish to the season. No one denied that. But the focus on the draft was, how did the Magic get Trey Young? The focus in free agency for a lot of fans, you know, as the, as the summer developed, was why would the Magic pass on Isaiah Thomas? For most people, it was honestly not that DJ Augustine was bad. Everyone appreciated what DJ Augustine did for the Orlando Magic. That wasn't the problem. The problem was no one saw DJ Augustine as the long-term answer at point guard, nor as a guy who could carry the team through an 82-game season. He had a nice flash in the pan after the Magic traded Alfred Payton in the final two months of the season. But that wasn't proof of concept. Augustine has had one of the most inconsistent careers uh, in the NBA. Rarely did he follow up a good season with another good season. It was always good season, bad season, good season, bad season. And he'd been on this NBA sojourn. He never really had stability too, which which I think was a big part of what happened this year with, with DJ Augustine, to be perfectly honest. It was... Again, not that people dislike DJ Augustine. It's they thought he wasn't enough. And maybe that opinion hasn't completely changed, as we'll talk about here in a moment. But DJ Augustine, you know, reporters let DJ Augustine know about that noise. There was definitely, you know, not indications, but definitely a sense that, yes, the Magic's point guard position was still a bit up in the air. Not that the Magic had any better options. The criticism of the Magic's point guard position was as much about their lack of depth and relying on Jaron Grant, an inconsistent young player that that maybe needed a, lot, a, a second chance, and Isaiah Briscoe, who was an Estonian League All-Star. The Estonian League is not exactly known for producing NBA-quality point guards. And so it all fell on DJ Augustine again. Unfairly, perhaps. And then, you know, maybe there's some paternalism going on there, too. And, and how we set our expectations for, for this season. But now that the Magic have gone through this season, now that the Magic have been to the playoffs, it's hard 
to understate how important DJ Augustine was to that. For a team that didn't have a go-to scorer, didn't have a guy who could really create much off the dribble, DJ Augustine became that player. For all their young guys, for all the ups and downs that several players had during the course of the season, there were two guys who were a constant all year long that the Magic could count on to stabilize and calm them down, get them in the right spots, get them in the right sets, and deliver for the team in the long run. They were obviously Nikola Vucevic, the team's all-star, and the big reason why the Magic did make the playoff push. And the other was DJ Augustine. DJ Augustine was probably after Nikola Vucevic, statistically the most impactful and important player on the team. A guy who they could count on every single night for the same level of production and the same sort of consistency. Played 81 games this year. 28 minutes per game. Shot 47% from the floor, 56.6 effective field goal percentage, 42.1% from beyond the arc. 11.7 points per game, 5.3 assists per game. The shooting numbers certainly stand out, but the rest of it, not exactly like all-star point guard or, or, or you know, a crazy numbers. No one, no one here is, is saying that. But the effect he had on the game changed everything for Orlando. He was adept at getting into the paint, causing the defense to collapse, and getting the Magic's offense moving. Again, it was hardly a killer offense. Magic, I think, finished 23rd in the league in offensive rating. But it was effective enough. And Augustine always had a big shot when you needed it. When he needed to get rid of the ball, when he needed to be play off the ball, he could do that too, able to hit outside shots at a consistent rate. His pick-and-roll work with Nikola Vucevic was a big part of Orlando's attack. And of course... In the most memorable and biggest moment of the season, at the end of Game 1, and really throughout Game 1, that was DJ Augustine's game. 19 of his 25 points in the first quarter, forcing the Raptors to make the first big adjustment of the series. It was was one that changed the series, of course. Danny Green guarding DJ Augustine, keeping him from doing anything. But he still got free enough to drain that jumper over Marc Gasol and win Game 1. DJ Augustine will forever be part of Magic lore. We will see that shot replayed over and over and over again on Magic History videos for the next 30 years. When DJ Augustine returns to the Amway Center, whether it's after he retires or with another team, he should be and probably will be cheered. No one could have foreseen that happening at the beginning of the season. And that big moment is big. But it's all the little moments that built up to it, as as it always is in a playoff game. It's all the little moments that built up during the course of the season. Outside of ball faking Trey Young to oblivion and really just having a general feud with Trey Young, nothing Augustine does is really that flashy. It's just solid and consistent every single night. And sometimes that's all a team really needs. Sometimes that's enough to just be solid and consistent. And that's what DJ Augustine gave the Magic this year. 
completely unexpectedly. He was one of the most important players on the team. Again, I, I can't understate that. The Magic were simply better with him on the floor. Even after they figured out their backup point guard situation, the Magic were still better with DJ Augustine on the floor. It's to the point now that, yes, some of the calculations and some of the things the Magic are probably thinking as they enter the summer, or at least how fans are thinking about this summer, do change a little bit. Last summer, it felt like, you know, Magic fans liked Augustine but didn't like him as the starter. Management clearly felt comfortable enough with Augustine as a starter not to do anything else. If something had presented itself, perhaps they would have gone for it, but they felt comfortable with DJ Augustine as a starter. And so too do Magic fans. Now, granted, no one's going to pretend that Augustine is the long-term future. That, that part of the story has not changed. Augustine still struggles to defend bigger point guards. He's still not the best defensive player. He doesn't fit the Magic's overall ethos that they seem to be building, that that length and, and defensive size thing. Defense is not his forte. And he had a career year, shooting-wise. You know, He's a career 49.7% effective field goal percentage. He's at 56.6. Shot four percentage points better than his career average from beyond the arc at 42.1%. He is one of the best shooters on the team, probably, honestly, after the season, the best three-point shooter on the team. But it does feel like he could come down to earth. And of course, there is the bigger fish on the team. The Magic did make a move to acquire a potential point guard for their future in Markel Fultz. Now, Markel Fultz, who knows what he is, who knows how close he is to coming back from injury, but the idea is certainly that Markel Fultz will one day be the starting point guard. That has to be the idea. And Augustine now is in the last year of his contract. And as one of the older players on the team, it's hard to say how much longer he could play even at the level that he's played at for the last two years. And so while he did have a good season and the comfort with him is still there, those long-term issues are not resolved. They never were going to be. All the concerns and criticisms of sticking with DJ Augustine to some extent still exist. But to be sure, the Magic are not upset they have DJ Augustine. The Magic are not in a rush to solve their point guard problems. They believe they have a long-term issue or long-term solution sitting on their bench. They know they have a solid, consistent guy as a starter. To be sure, to ensure themselves against injury, the Magic will probably have to go out and sign a point guard or bring back Isaiah Briscoe or Michael Carter-Williams. And I, I think that's certainly something that is, is possible for them to do. But to be sure, too, DJ Augustine is as important to this team as anyone else. He proved himself to be a reliable scorer, a reliable shooter, and a reliable leader for a young team making its first playoff push. The playoffs, like everyone else, revealed his limitations. Bigger, defensive-minded guards are going to be able to slow him down. It's kind of hard to hide him. 
in a lot of ways defensively. And he doesn't quite fit into what the Magic want to do overall because of that. But no one will sit here and complain about the job that he did in 2019. I'm going to be handing out a lot of A's, I think. Very high grades for this for the, for this uh, player evaluation series. And I have to give out my first A to DJ Augustine. He exceeded all expectations this year and was central to the Magic experiencing the success they experienced in 2019. Before we move on to our next player, I want to tell you all about ZipRecruiter. Hiring is challenging, just like getting a job is challenging. Just it, it, it's, it's tough for both parties. But if you are hiring, there is one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates, and that place is ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. You don't even have to go out and look. They come to you. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, I I promise here that I'm going to go through every player uh, that that played for the Magic this year. Um, If you go on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, you will see every player analyzed who suited up for the Magic. That that does not mean Markel Fultz. He did not suit up for the Magic. But we'll talk a little bit about Emile Jefferson and Troy Copain and what they showed uh, both in their time in the G League and with the Orlando Magic. We'll talk about Melvin Frazier, who didn't play very much for the Magic as well. And we're also going to talk about our next player here in the player evaluation series. And that is a guy that disappointed in Orlando, but not entirely because it was his fault. Last year, the first year of his contract, the first player that Jeff Weltman signed to a free agent contract with the Orlando Magic, Jonathan Simmons proved that he could take on a larger role. 13.9 points per game, shooting 46.5%, better than his time in San Antonio, and a uh, a 51.1% effective field goal percentage. It was a good season for Jonathan Simmons. He showed that he could take on a larger offensive role, and his defense decreased a little bit. Some of that had to do with the Magic's team game. 
but he showed spurtability where he could drop 30 points on a random night occasionally and be a good scorer. At the end of the season, Simmons had, you know, had some personal excitement, honestly. You know, he was disappointed with how his team played. He wanted to win, and, 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 I, and I think that hit him hard, especially coming from the San Antonio system. But he was excited with how he played. He felt like he had a good season, and he learned a lot. I remember distinctly him saying the biggest thing that he had to adjust to was the fatigue of an 82-game season. Before coming to Orlando, he'd played 133 games total in two seasons. Averaged fewer than 20 minutes per game. In Orlando, his first season, he played 69 games, started 50, and played 29.4 minutes per game. He blew past the number of minutes that he played uh, in his first two seasons combined by the three-quarter pole of the season, honestly. And he said he could feel his body getting tired with that. And he he promised that his conditioning program in the offseason would help him go the distance, so to speak. Of course, things did not work out that way. Not, not in the least. And honestly, Simmons never even got to leave the finish line. Or never got to leave the starting gate. At the end of last season, he suffered a wrist injury that caused him to miss the last 12 games. Didn't seem like a big deal. But then in May or June, it came out that he needed surgery to repair that injury. And that injury knocked him out for the whole year. Or for the whole offseason. He wasn't able to participate. He wasn't able to do any basketball work in the offseason. He wasn't able to participate in the mini camp in September that the Magic had before training camp. And he really didn't hit the floor until training camp began. The first part of camp was spent getting back into basketball shape. He was in shape. Don't get me wrong. You you definitely did his conditioning work, but he wasn't in basketball shape. And he had to get his shot right too, which again, an inconsistent part of his game. Still, there was plenty of optimism about him. I mean, this this is a guy that's a hard worker. There's there's one thing we know about Jonathan Simmons. He knows how blessed he is to be in the NBA, and he is working, he work, he wants to work hard to stay there. It's a guy a few words with the media. He lets his game do the talking. He just wants to play. He just wants to play. And being out for so long, honestly, I think hurt him. Emotionally as much as as physically. But once the season started, it took him too long to get back. Every step forward seemed to be followed by two steps back. And Simmons was slated to be a key player for the team. Essentially, he would be the sixth man. The idea with a lot of those early bench rotations was give Simmons the ball and let him do his thing. He was, you know, built a little bit of a reputation as of, of, of being a, a bit of a black hole a little bit. I mean, he's looking for his own shot. That's his game. He wants to get into the paint and either look to dish out from there or get his, take, take his own shot. So, he would be the Magic sometimes bad shot maker or bad shot taker uh, off the dribble. He was their isolation guy. And with Terrence Ross running around, that, that worked okay in theory. But the bottom line is, Simmons did not shoot the ball effectively. Average 6.9 points per game, 39.7% effective field goal percentage, 22.9% from beyond the arc. 2.3 assists per game against 1.4 turnovers per game. He wasn't creating 
He was getting into the lane, but not scoring, and he wasn't able to shoot. Sure, some of his defensive numbers started to track back to what they were in San Antonio, but no one was pretending they were particularly good. Certainly not enough to overcome the offensive shortcomings that he presented. And so by December, the first major rotation decision that was made, and honestly one that I even forgot about until I started looking back at how Simmons played with the Magic, Simmons was relegated to the deep bench. Wesawundu took his spot. Wesawundu beat him for that spot. And it looked very much like the final year of Simmons' three-year deal, guaranteed for only $1 million, was going to be let go. The Magic weren't going to bring him back. Awundu was effective, did a lot of the same things that Simmons did, and other lineups started to work. Simmons just couldn't get himself back into shape or back into game shape and game rhythm to make the kind of impact he made the year before. And the Magic sort of moved on. That would normally be the end of the story. I'd hand Simmons my grade. It'd be something like a C- minus or a D. And that would be that. But Simmons still had a big part to play for the Orlando Magic. He was the guy the team gave up to acquire Markel Fultz. A guy the Magic were probably going to get rid of anyway. Deaded them what many people believe and what, you know, feels like a major trade asset. And that's ultimately what Simmons' legacy is going to be. He had a poor season for the Orlando Magic, and he hasn't been much better for the Philadelphia 76ers, although he's been a little bit more efficient, 5.5 points per game and 14.6 minutes per game during the regular season, 42.9% from beyond the arc, 52.3% effective field goal percentage. Again, it's not that Simmons is a bad bad player. He had a bad year, and... Honestly, the injury had more to do with that than anything else. I I truly believe that. I I remember thinking this while watching him. That injury came at the worst time in his career. He was coming off a great season. He had, uh, I'm sure he had a plan for all the work he was going to do to build off that season. You know, this is a guy that believes he can be an all-star. And, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I don't believe that. But to be, to succeed in this league, you need to have a healthy ego. I, I do believe that, and and he certainly has that. It was honestly good, refreshing to hear him reveal that kind of to the media as well. Um, Simmons can still regain all of this. He can still be a very effective and very good player. But it just didn't happen this year. And as things often do in the NBA, the door can close on you very quickly. And with the Magic, it closed just like that. It one do began to dominate, or one do began to play much better, and the opportunity to get Marco Fultz arrived. Simmons has played a little bit for the Sixers in the playoffs. It's not that he's been completely off the grid. Played five playoff games this year, 3.8 points per game, struggling to shoot, 25% from beyond the arc, 45% effective field goal percentage, just two for eight from three, 19 points in 39 minutes. It's a different kind of game for him up in Philadelphia. But with the Magic, 
It just didn't work out this year. And circumstance eventually pushed him out the door. No one would blame the Magic for doing what they did. And certainly, I think we all hope that Simmons can regain that form that he had last year in Orlando because he was a really good player for the Magic that year. Some flaws for sure, but a really good player. And this year, an injury just forced him to drop the ball. Knowing Jonathan Simmons, he'll get another chance somewhere and and he'll prove a lot of people wrong because he's been doing that his entire basketball career. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast and listening device, including the Himalaya app. Download podcasts directly to your devices, create playlists, and get suggestions all on the Himalaya app, the home of the Locked on Podcast Network. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Currently up on orlandomagicdaily.com. Our Zach Palmer dives into why the Magic should let Nikola Vucevic walk in free agency. A really interesting argument, a good argument. I'm sure we'll talk with him about that on a future episode. I know I know him and I have very differing, different opinions about Nikola Vucevic, uh, so always good to get his perspective on things, too. Um, Zach's, a, Zach's a good dude. We've had him on the show here before, and of course, you can read him on Orlando Magic Daily. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.